All right, here we go. On the Chalk is back for another episode. Finally, free agency is, for the most part, over. The long waiting game that we were in with Bryce Harper and Manny Machado is over. Padres and Phillies winning out in those derbies. But we still have stuff to talk about. Still, baseball continues to move on. We're getting close to the regular season. A few weeks away here now. It's exciting. I mean, we're at full swing spring training now. I know. I mean, we're, what are we, 12, 13 days away from opening day? It'll be really yep. pumped, really pumped up for that to get going. You know, as, as we kind of look at what we want to talk about today, there's a few things that stick out. First of all, there might be rule changes that are coming in that we'll definitely yep. need to break those down. Also, might want to get into a little bit of the Cardinals pitching dilemma. <laughs> I think that they're one of the more fascinating teams in all of baseball with with what they do with their arms. Do they go at the Super Bowl pen? What do they do with mm-hmm. their rotation? We'll definitely break that down. And then, man, a lot of Cubs fans have been kind of really annoying the last little couple days because of the Craig Kimbrell talk. Pedro Strobe tweaks his hammy a little bit. They automatically jump into the Craig Kimbrell conversation where they need to bring him in. We might want to break that down. Really, it's 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 kind of nice to be at the sit spot right now because we know baseball's close. For the large majority, mm-hmm. the free agents are mostly signed other than the Dallas Keuchel and the Craig Kimbrell. That's really expect it. to get deals eventually they before yeah. the thing gets started. But it's now it's the go stretch yeah. now it's time to get ready to roll and now watch some real baseball and i'm so excited yeah i'm excited too but like you said these rule changes is what we got to talk about first uh most notably i mean there's some coming in 2019 some coming in 2020 2019 first of all is the trade deadline is one day now it's the july 31st you know no more waiver deadlines so no more deals where uh, you see J- justin verlander go unclaimed and then gets dealt to the astros in august no more where Josh Donaldson gets sent to the Indians in August. Nothing like that. It's all one day. And I like it. I like this move because it forces teams to make a decision. It's going to force teams to be like, okay, we're looking at this guy. We think we like him. We think we want to give this up for him. But even if it doesn't happen now, we have another month. Now it's you make a decision. You got to do this. You got to make it happen. You know, you have one day. Yeah, have one small window. Yeah, I think that it. I think that it tightens things up. It mm-hmm. tightens the schedule up. It makes it all. I think it makes it more intriguing because look what the NFL and the NBA do when they dominate the market and dominate the headlines for those couple days with the trade deadlines. That's what baseball needs to have. I think keeping it in that one date will be good. Uh, a couple other real changes that we probably should get into. They're moving the you know the injured list now from ten yeah. days that is the was the minimum stage stay to now fifteen. I right. kind of like that. gives you a little bit right. more flexibility. I think the players were very much for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the 10-day you know, stint on the DL was a, a little odd. And it was a, too short. Yeah, just a little too tight. I mean, think, think of an injury that it takes 10 days to recover from. Right. I mean, what is it, a sprain, a rolled ankle? Yeah. That's some, it's something small like that. I mean, something right. even longer, it, it just doesn't make sense. Right, and especially even if guys aren't maybe fully ready, you saw a team's, maybe a guy was two or three days away and teams were activating him and throwing him back in the game. You know, now you have that extra five days where, you know, you don't feel like, okay, we got to activate him because this is it. Otherwise we got to waste another 10 days. Right. So you have those extra five days. I think that gives teams a lot more wiggle room. I think like you said, the players are all for it because it gives them more time too. They don't feel as rushed coming back from injury. Yeah, and and then the things other other ones to touch on commercial breaks during innings will be shortened by twenty seconds to two minutes. Thank you. Nice yeah. a cake. I'm done with. I'm good with that. Yep. Um, kind of an odd one. Position players will be prohibited from pitching in games that don't go into extra innings unless the team is ahead or behind by at least eight runs. Kind of weird. That one's lame. I don't like that one. Yeah, it's just kind of, yeah, I don't, I'm fine with cool. I mean, position players pitching. Yeah, like 
that one's just kind of lame to me because extra innings I get, and that's usually only when you see position players anyway. But, I mean, the thing is, you have guys like a Matt Davidson, who's with the Ranger of the Texas Rangers now, third baseman, and he had talked about wanting to be a two-way player. How does this affect, though, players like Brendan McKay when he shows up? You know, are there going to be, you know, of the Rays, and he was a two-way player in college. The Rays have been experimenting with him being a two-way player in the minors. But now on a day that, say, he DHs, and let's say this game is in the eighth or ninth or something, and, you know, they're up by three, but they don't want to use their closer that day because of whatever reason. He's pitched three days in a row. Right. Now, you have this guy, Brendan McKay, who was a good pitcher all through the minors, all in college. He's here. You have him. Is that gray area because right. he's also DH. listed as a pitcher? I think the same thing can be said with Otani, too. Yep. Is there a gray area there? So I, I think that is that's interesting. I think that'll cause some issues that'll have to be ironed out yeah, at some they'll, point. They'll, they'll figure that out. The other one, Home Run Derby will now pay a million dollars to the winning player. Why are they doing this? Well, they want to get more interested. Right. Now you add some of these guys into the mix that they might want to win. But the biggest one, I mean, mound visits reducing from six to five is, is fine. All-star election day, 24 hour voting. Day. I like that too. Yeah, I like that too. The biggest one though, that's going to really, I think, ruffle the most feathers his pitchers will be required to face a minimum of three batters in a game beginning in 2020. All right, now how does this work? The pros of this, I think it might add some strategy to the game that you sure. haven't seen. I think um, you're going to see some guys that it's, it's going to eliminate some of these one, you know, these lefty specialists. Right. I, I personally don't love this move just because I feel like we're going to get into the cycle um, kind of like with a Roldis Chapman in the World Series a couple years ago, where any high leverage situation he was coming in, mm-hmm. you can't take a risk on a guy who's struggling, right? Yeah. You have to go with your studs. And I think right. you could see a situation where maybe some teams ramp up the appearances of some people because they just don't want to have a big inning blow up. And right, right, right. I just don't like it at all because if a guy walks the first batter and maybe he starts walking the second batter, you mm-hmm. get him out of there. and. This could be a situation where some of these innings blow up on you because the reliever just doesn't right. have it anymore. Yeah, that one's interesting to me. I would imagine that one will get tweaked eventually because like, these problems are too obvious. This is too obvious of a problem. Like you said, if a pitcher is struggling or a pitcher isn't having his best stuff that day, and it's very clear that you have to get him out of there and get someone else in. I mean, that's just that's obvious. I think there will have to be a tweak Somehow, I don't know what kind of language you would use for this, but with if a pitcher gets a guy out, then he has to stay in. But if a guy is struggling with a walk or gives up a hit, then you can take him out. I don't know how you would word that, but that has to be tweaked somehow. Yeah, it just takes away some strategy of the game, and I, I don't really like it because there's – I like the mixing and matching, and I know that they're trying to shorten the game a little right. bit, but – you know, when Tony LaRusso was so good at finding the right matchups and exploiting it, I mean, I think back to that 2016 season when the Cardinals uh, won the World Series, or uh, 2016, 2011 season. Wow, it's already been 2010 <laughs> that long. 2011 when the Cardinals won the World Series, Octavio Dotel killed Ryan Braun. Yeah. All, all that all that uh, series. Yep. They constantly went back to him for the slider. He was only in there for one batter. Then they bring in Mark Sipchinski to pitch to whatever <laughs> Prince Fielder and they roll from there. Like, I just think that it's, I think that that type of dynamic, sure. The, the breaks are probably annoying and I get that, but mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. And having that eliminated makes the game a little different. I'll have to really see it in place before I, I kind of 
judge if I like it or dislike the move. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's obviously points to be made for shortening the game and taking out just watching guys come in and out. But also, it's going to have to be tweaked because teams could get really hurt by this rule in the sense that what we talked about of, you know, a guy doesn't have it, so on and so forth. Uh, the pitch clock will be coming in 2022. Uh, 2020 T-O-O as well. Right, as well. Um, 2020 pitch clock. This is something that they've been experimenting with for about three years now, two or three years in the minors and a little bit in spring training. Um, you know, if you watch a spring training game this year, you'll probably see it. Uh, I, I don't have an issue with the pitch clock as much as I think other people do. Um, obviously for guys like Pedro Baez and, uh, Oliver Perez, it's a little bit of an issue because those are guys that take a little bit of time to come into their windups, but the pitch clock is once you come set. So I think that is something that's good. I mean, a guy just can't meander around the mound anymore. Once he, once he comes set, then you're good. So I think that is a good thing. I know a lot of people are very, very opposed to the pitch clock. I don't have as much of an issue with it. I don't know what you think about that. but I don't, I'm not opposed to it at all. I think it's, I think it's fine. I, I, I really do think – I think it's the batters that might need a clock eventually because, I mean, the Skip Schumacher type of method where you take both batting gloves off, you rub your right. hands together, you spit on your hands, you take your elbow guard off, you take your jersey off, you go get it ironed, you go read the newspaper, you put your jersey back on, you get your bat back on, right. and then you go play – that kind of odd, <laughs> a little much for me. So uh, I, I do think that the pitch clock is fine, but it have to, you have to work with the pitchers as well because it's sometimes the batter's fault when when you, that you can't pitch. It's not only yeah. the pitcher's fault. And I understand the fact that I was in catcher in high school. I understand the fact that it's going to take a little bit of time mm-hmm. to get the right pitch. Maybe you're off, off kilter a little bit with your signs. Maybe you just need to go out and mix the signs back up. Sometimes that takes a little bit of time. Maybe the catcher and the pitcher aren't on the same page. That all matters, and that's all stuff that you have to take advantage of. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to be said for the pitch clock. I think it's overwhelming positive. The baseball purists will say, oh, pitch clock, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's good. Overall, I don't really have a ton of issues with many of these rule changes. Uh, I think for the most part, they're all decent. Um, The one that's coming in 2020 as well is the 25-man roster just being extended to 26. And the 40-man roster in September is no more. I don't have that big of an issue with it i think it's a little bit of a disservice to some minor league players you know who get their cup of coffee in september kind of see what they're about maybe make a mark in september uh and then use that momentum into the next spring training but i think for the most part just shortening that to i think it's going to be 28 in september now um i don't hate it i think that's fine i think that's another way of just keeping the game moving more jobs too right no one's ever going to complain about that and if you have 28 guys on a roster 26 guys on a roster that's yeah. more jobs. so that, i mean that's adding 32 jobs 30 jobs to the league yeah but you're cutting down from the extended 40 in september yeah but i mean that doesn't really change that much though I mean, if we're being honest like that's not an extra money yeah for for those guys <clears throat> it's just the fact that it's an extra job and that extra that sells yeah. Uh, for the most of the regular season, I think I think it'll be interesting to see how the teams will use that. Whether yeah, adding is. an extra pitcher or they add an extra bench guy. I'm always about adding an extra arm. I think mm-hmm. that more arms the better, especially in the bullpen these Absolutely. days. Absolutely, and then you kind of take off some of the pressure off of these guys. And, and you think about teams what you can do different things with it. You can add a sixth starter to the mix who mm-hmm. can kind of do some things for you. It'll be interesting to see how that dynamic works out. I like adding 
an extra guy to that team. I wouldn't even be opposed if it's a 28-man roster for yeah. the entire year. I think that that's completely fine with me. I think you're going to see a lot of teams like the Rays and the Athletics like this for their bullpens and <laughs> being able to add an extra weapon in there. But, yeah, those are the rule changes. That's the big, the big ones anyway. I think for the most part they're all fine. Don't really have that big of an issue with any of them. And eventually, at the end of the day, they're going to end up being tweaked anyway. Uh, you're going to see things be changed around in the years following. But let's do a free agency update on Kimbrell and Keuchel. They're still unsigned, unfortunately. A couple weeks out from spring training ending and the opening season, the opening day being here and the regular season starting, it seems like there's starting to be a little more chatter around them. <clears throat> I think Kimbrell's attitude is what's keeping him out for the most part and his desire to have a long-term deal. But eventually someone's going to crack and either give him a bunch of money over a short term or he's really going to sit da- sit out and continue to make his value go down. Yeah, I mean, I thought that the Braves were going to be involved with this and then we have a new, you know, MLB Rumors is reporting on Sports Illustrated that the Braves are not pursuing Craig Kimbrell or Dallas Keuchel at all. I, I thought that the that the maybe a reunion <coughs> The reunion between Kimbrel and the Braves would have made a lot of sense yeah. for that team, but I guess not. And really, it comes down to the value. For me, I, I think that the White Sox would make a ton of sense for a guy like Keuchel, innings eater, kind of help stabilize that that rotation a little bit. And and then you can flip. You're yeah. you're exactly right there. And, and for Kimbrel, I think it really starts with his mentality and, right. and understanding that he's not going to get five years and $100 million. <laughs> and no Cubs fans, you, you don't want to sign him for three years and $60 million. I, some, okay. Uh, I don't think three years isn't terrible. I would not give three years and $60 million if I'm the Cubs to, to Kimbrel. Why? I don't think they can. <laughs> One, they can't. Two, there, there would be no what – if, what if that extra $20 million a year gets in the way of you extend, yeah. signing Javi Baez or, or Chris Bryant? Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me that's you're going to right. sign up right. for, for Craig Kimbrell over those two guys? No, that's that's idiotic. So, And plus, you have so much money tied up in the Tyler Chatwoods, the Hugh Darvishes, the Jason Haywards. Yeah. It just doesn't make a lot of sense for the Cubs to do that. And I, I don't want them I, – I, I don't think they will, but I, I think that the Cubs fans' overreaction to needing Keuchel now because they think that their bullpen stinks is, is really quite – unnecessary well let's be honest their bullpen does stink <laughs> with the strope injury they're he's really gonna be fine he's gonna be fine but he's gonna be out for a couple of weeks i mean they don't i get that cubs fans are worried about their bullpen because really your only proving guy now is back there is brad brock and uh cj edwards cj edwards and so you're kind of like i mean you still yeah. have though kinsler that was just you gonna still say have <clears throat> you still have dunsing you still have Rosario. Dunsing and Rosario are not. Those aren't helping you sleep still at night. Still got arms. <laughs> and, there, and Brandon Morrow's going to be back in a month. So I, I, I allegedly think, they kept saying Brandon Morrow was going to be back last year too. Sure, I get How that. I'm just saying, like you can't. You, I, I don't think that splurging on a guy like Kimbrel fixes all of your issues magically. No, and it, it sets you up for the future where you're having issues. Look at. I know that we're all hating on this, but Mike Montgomery is still not going to be in the starting rotation. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in the bullpen. Tyler Chatwoods looked fine in the spring. He could be another addition piece to the bullpen. I said that last year, that Tyler Chatwoods should, <laughs> should focus be on being a bullpen guy because he has a couple pitches that are really good yeah. that he doesn't have to, you know, over. He doesn't People don't get multiple looks at him, and he's shown that he's really good the first time through an order, or an order <laughs> sometimes yeah. when he can stay under control. So I think that 
him the bullpen is, is important too. So Dylan Maples too is another guy that you have to feel feel good about. So if I, if I was the Cubs, I I would go with the hot hand approach. That works. You can find relievers. They're a dime a dozen. You can you can you really can. Yeah. And over and splurging for a a Craig Kimball would set you up for a world of hurt in two or three years. Even if he let's say Kimball agrees to take a one year deal. Okay, on a one year deal, I do. Okay, that's what I was going to say too. I feel like. I'm just so surprised the Red Sox are so out on him. Yeah, me too. It, it, it surprises me that they won't even entertain that. I mean, at the end of the day, it looks like Kimbrel's only suitors are, it's kind of like Harper, the Phillies, it seems like, are the only ones that keep getting connected to him in any consistent manner. I, I feel like, sure, you could fit an all-time great closer anywhere, but if he keeps demanding these ridiculous numbers, I mean, he's just not going to get the money he wants or the deal he wants. Um, <clears throat> I mean, his, all his peripherals are showing that he's on the decline. Yeah. And he, he is not a fi- worth five years, $100 million. Right. I mean, no reliever is worth five years, $100 million, But If you were – I'm trying to think of a good spot for him. If you're the Braves and you could get him for two years and $30 million, would you do it? Yes. I think so too. Two years and 30 is fine. They don't have to extend anyone for a couple of years. Yeah. Freeman's, Freeman's on a relatively friendly deal. Swanson, Albies, and Acuna don't need to be extended for a while. That's the thing, though. The only holdup is Kimbrell himself. Right. Because Kimbrel He's is, getting in his own way. Yes. Kimbrell's absolutely... Kai Cole, the other way, I think... I could see him going back to Houston eventually. Yeah. I could see him maybe in Oakland. Uh, is that, Boris Kimbrell's agent real quick? Yes. Yeah, okay, that makes sense then. Yeah. <laughs> they're, nah, they're getting every penny that they yeah, possibly Yeah, Boris can. wants that commission. Uh, he's a big commission guy. He's a big commission oh, Yeah, because look at this. Look at his players. Um, Keiko, I agree. I feel a little bad for him just because he is a former Cy Young winner. He's a guy that could probably really help you. Um, <clears throat> this is a smooth transition into... With the Cardinals' injuries, there's been chatter, of, on Twitter at least, of him connected to the Cardinals, which makes sense. I mean, he's out there. He's proven. He's an innings eater. The Cardinals, their rotation's kind of in flux between Wainwright being Wainwright on the decline, uh, Carlos Martinez being hurt all the time now. Not sure what you're going to get out of a Jack Flaherty, you know, sophomore year. Same thing with Michaelis. They were great last year, but can they keep it up for a second year in a row? And then, you know, yeah, you have all these young guys, but at the end of the day, you still need someone who's proven who you can count on every five days. I mean, yeah, I mean, as of right now, the Cardinals starting rotation is Michaelis, Flaherty, I mean, Waka, mm-hmm. Wainwright, and then insert Dakota Hudson, Austin Gomber, Daniel Ponce, right. on all, all these different options. John Gant, mm-hmm. can't forget about him. I wouldn't mind a Keiko signing, honestly. If it was two years, $40 million, probably okay with he, that. He's not going to get $20 million I don't average. think he would either. either. It, it would be a very low deal. It would be... I mean, two what years, did, 20 What did Lance Lynn get? He got four and 48 or something like that? He got 12? So two. <clears throat> two and 25? Would you give him that? Yeah. I would... I mean, Keuchel's 31, I think, 32. Right. I'm sure he still has a couple of good years in him. He won a Cy Young two years ago, three years ago. So you'd have a rotation where you would say when when Mark Carlos Martinez gets back from an injury. Carlos Martinez, Jack Flaherty, Miles Michaelis, Michael Waka, and Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. Wow. That, that Bump away right to the bullpen, I think. That's perfectly fine. in the bullpen. Gant in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, that's a man. So... 
on the Cardinals thing right now. Alex Reyes has been pitching his butt off mm-hmm. during spring training. Looks dominant. Looks good. Looks really re- looks a little skinny too. I really like mm-hmm. that too. Took away pop and amazing what that does for your life. Looks good. Um, but he's going to be in the bullpen. And you think about a bullpen that could have Andrew Miller, Jordan Hicks, Alex Reyes, Dakota, Dakota Hudson. Hudson. Austin Gomer, John Gant, John Brebbia. Mm-hmm. I like. Sign me That's up. That's really good, yeah. Red Cecil, too, is probably something. Uh, I hate him. I hate him. I don't like him. He can go. I think he might get cut at the end of the spring. He has not been good this spring. I, I wish he could. He's been very ineffective. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you're wasting a spot at this point, though. At some point, you have to just swallow that money. But, no, I mean, we've seen how the Super Bullpen has worked. The A's won 95 games on the back of a Super Bullpen. Last year, the Rays won 90 games on the back of a Super Bullpen last year and using their bullpen creatively. So, I mean, Jordan Hicks went three innings yesterday in the spring training game. And he was used as a starter when he was in the minors and came to the majors, went into the bullpen, became a one-inning guy. But yesterday in spring training, Jordan Hicks showed you he can be an ex- a guy that's extended out. We know Alex Rays can be extended out three or four innings. I would say even Andrew Miller is good for two innings. I wouldn't recommend it, but he could do it. Yeah. Um, same thing with Dakota Hudson and Daniel Ponce de Leon and Austin Gomer. These guys can go multiple innings because they were used as starters. I am so – I mean John Gant too. I, I am so excited about this. I think I might be more excited about the Cardinals than I've been in a really long time yeah. this year just because I, I look at the talent and I go, that's a might be the best team in the National League Central. Yeah. I still think the Cubs are probably a little bit better. The I Cubs' agree. rotation is more proven. The Cubs' lineup has a couple stars at the top of it that are just unbelievably good. They have three legitimate MVP candidates. Yes, the Cardinals have two on a – well, yeah, mm. I'd go one legitimate, one and legitimate, one and another on one on us. Yeah, another one on the fridge. Yeah, that's there. There you go. But that ability, though, to we're talking about Matt Carpenter, by the way, right? Yes, no. yeah. Uh, so you know, I, I was more on the Tyler O'Neill because he's a <laughs> star. I wish he's been awesome this year. Also, what do you make of Dexter Fowler having all these issues? Issues in what way? Can't hit. Defense isn't great. And spring training. I read a piece on The Athletic the other day, actually, that even though he's not having a great batting average, his exit velocity is higher than ever. Uh, he's still getting his speed back. He's making more quality contact, and he's just happens to be hitting it where guys are at right at now. At one point, though, Tyler O'Neill had four home runs, and Dexter Fowler had two hits. Yeah, but the thing with O'Neill is spring stats are always nice when they're Big and awesome like that. But at the end of the day, O'Neill's still hitting home runs off guys that are going to start in AAA. Like guys that are going to start in the minors. If he keep, if he keeps doing this as spring goes on and starters are going later into games and you're seeing actual bullpen guys, you're seeing the Kenley Jansons, the Aroldis Chapmans, the guys that are actual proven closers, high leverage guys – then I'll believe it a little bit more. And I do think there's a case to be made for O'Neal. He's shown a lot of improvement. But at the end of the day, I think that the Cardinals like what they see from Fowler. They like the improvements that he's making. And they said his confidence seems to be back. Like He believes in himself more than anything this year, which is huge because he didn't last year because the manager wasn't playing. I mean, if he's good, though, that's a really big boot. And I think he might be the two-hitter that the Cardinals need. I'm still kind of on board with putting Goldschmidt at two. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm fine either way. Ozu- I, I don't know. I just look at this outfield and I go, okay, Harrison Bader in center. You have Tyler O'Neill, 
Jose Martinez, Dexter Fowler, and Marcelo Zuna. That's five legitimate guys that needed mm-hmm. bats. And you add that to a say, okay, so say you have four at bats a game and you're gonna play seven games a week. Four at bats times three outfield spots is is twelve. Twelve times seven a week is eighty-four at bats. So you gotta split up between those five guys. And you know when Marcelo Zuna is gonna get his line right, share right, right. that. But you have a, a, two other spots for four guys. Like it could be really interesting to see how Mike Schultz works those guys in and out to keep them all confident, to keep them all fresh and ready to roll. I think Tyler O'Neill's destined to start the year in the minors again. Whether that's fair or not, it's going to happen just because Ozuna and Bader are going to get their at bats no matter what. <clears throat> They're just too important to not have them in there consistently. And then it's between Fowler and Martinez, and I think Fowler showing some really good signs. He. I mean, again, this is a player that a year ago put up an 855 OPS. This is a guy that was getting on base. He hit 18 home runs for you. He looked really good. He was a good part of your lineup. He played. He gave you everything that you paid for, essentially. Um, and now the move to right field, I think he gets more confident. He can actually play it. The foot isn't bugging him anymore. So I think that's a good thing. Okay, over under home runs. For Fowler okay, this year? For Fowler. I'm going to set the number at 14 and a half. <sighs> over, I think he gets 15. Um, I think it does get a little tricky at some point because I think there will be some mixing and matching, but I think he gets 15. I I, I think he hits that number because it just, he can't nearly be as bad as he was last year. There's just no way. There's just no way. I think Mike Schilt could play a big part in that. I agree. And I think that, you know, you see Yadier Molina uh, gush about Mike Schultz constantly, and it's making me feel really a lot better about the interim to the manager. (laughs) Because at first I was like, I liked what Mike Schultz did, of course, but like I went, I was like, "Eh, are you sure you want to give him the job right Right away? Maybe look for some other options. Because I mean, remember last time the Cardinals had Mike Matheny and Terry Francona could have had the job. So, and well, that was a concern that a lot of people had that going right from interim and not really doing a search, but. I mean, I agree with you. The way that the players rave about him, the staff that he's put together as far as the hitting coaches and pitching coaches around him, I think is really good. A lot of guys with a lot of experience. And it seems like Schilt is much more open to listening to his assistants than Mike Matheny was. So I think that's a huge step up, too, and that plays a huge role in it as well. So uh, to circle back to our Dallas-Skyco <clears throat> conversation, do you think the Cardinals make the run and add him to the mix? I don't think they I don't do. think they do. Uh, I, it just doesn't seem like a them thing to do. If there's some bad news that comes out about Carlos Martinez that he's going to be out until June or July, then I think they probably do, just out of necessity. But as of right now, I would say no. So are you more leaning than that Keichel's? <clears throat> I think Keichel and the White Sox could happen. I think Keichel and the A's could happen. I think the Astros. Yeah, and the Astros. I think the because they have... Cole and Verlander at the top, obviously, but you lose Charlie Morton. Lance McCullers is out for, uh, for the year with Tommy John surgery. So you're filling it in. Now, I mean, you have, I mean, I don't even know how the rest of their rotation shakes out, to be honest with you. I know they're waiting on Forrest Whitley. Uh, he's a top 15 prospect this year, but I mean, they really, they're looking for these guys in spring, but so right you now, have Wade Miley still. Peacock they they signed him. Involved. McHugh, Colin McHugh. But, I mean, the thing is... They don't have us proven number three. Right. Peacock and McHugh were guys that were in the bullpen for them last year. So, you bring Keiko back. You're familiar with him. You like what he's given you. He There's familiarity there. I I think you bring him in. You have Wade Miley and Colin McHugh as your 4-5. I think that's still fine. You're still, obviously, a World Series contender. 
I think he wants to go back there too. I think he does too. Are you okay? So now for the now for the Kimbrel thing, do you think he'd honestly sit out? I don't think he. Would. I don't see it. I think it'd be very dumb if he did. I mean, you're another year older than. That's so that's another year that you've lost. So I think at some point he's going to have to cave and take a one or two year deal. That's there's no other option. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, one year deal with with. One year deal with a team like, honestly, like Houston would make a lot of sense. Oh my goodness! That would be a stacked bullpen with Ozuna and Rondon, Davinsky, Presley. Oh, yeah, those like, guys were awesome last year for them. And adding him to the mix there would be pretty, <laughs> pretty electric. That'd be crazy. I mean, that's a super bullpen too, right there. What if, they, what if he went to the A's? I'd love him on the A's, <sighs> but he wouldn't be the closer. He would. Uh, yeah, Trinan. Trinan's really good. Trinan was awesome last year. I mean, but still, you can do matchups and stuff like that. And yeah. that big park in Oakland, too. That can make sense. I just, I, I think if the A's, uh, the A's might, I think the the numbers would have to go down significantly for Kimbrell, though. Yeah. Um, maybe the Angels could get involved there. Maybe they need it, but also, I just don't know how realistic they are about their contention status right now. I mean, they have a good farm system that's coming up, but I, I think they, uh, if Kimbrough bleeds into April and May, and then he's still available and the Angels get out to a hot start, I could see it. But that would be... I, I don't know if I love the fit with the Angels. It's just, Kimbrough just doesn't have that many spots. Like, I mean, where does he fit, really? Boston, but I mean... They <clears> they're not going to do it, yeah. I mean, he fits in Atlanta, in Philadelphia, in Oakland, I guess. A team like Houston could get creative, but team like Milwaukee could get creative and add him to the mix. If Milwaukee adds money, they're going to add Bumgarner. Yeah, I agree. So, that's a... But we're almost there. We are almost to the regular season. It feels like it's been a really long... I'm so excited. It's been a really long... Well, yeah, because free agency. Because free agency is forever. I need real baseball. I do. I really need real baseball. It just injected all into my veins. I'm oh, very, right I'm into very it. Calm. There's just so many good, interesting storylines. I get it. We've talked about it a little bit uh, on this podcast uh, a couple times. When you look at the National League, the Mets got better, the Braves got better, the Phillies got better, the Cardinals got better, the Brewers are the same, the Cubs Mm -hmm. are still the same in contention, the Reds got better, the Padres got better, the Dodgers continue to get better, oh, and the Rockies continue to keep Nolan Arenado and will be good again. And Trevor Story. The Rockies have two legitimate MVP candidates. They're very good. Charlie Blackman's two, a very on-the-fringe guy if if he puts it together. There's so many interesting storylines to watch. I'm so excited. The National League is so much more intriguing than the American League, no doubt in my mind. The only thing that's really intriguing in the American League is the AL East and when Otani comes back. Yes. That's right. (laughs) And the FDAs can do it again. American League Central is a freaking disaster. Disaster, yeah. It's it's gross. It's awful. It's really gross. I mean... mean, (laughs) The pitching, I will say, though, the Indian starting rotation is pretty That's really legitimate. good. It's really good. They really, have, really, they really have good. four legitimate Cy Young guys there. Clevenger's really underrated. He's going to be awesome. About him. I'm excited, man. Let's roll. Let's, Let's roll. See. All right. Thank you for listening. This has been On the Chalk. I mean, as always, always excited to sit down with you, talk baseball. But we're almost there, folks. Keep keep on the track. Keep chugging along. We're getting close. I think we're going to have our season preview on our next one, our big season down. preview. Breaking, that sounds breaking good everybody down right before opening day. Maybe we'll give our projections Love that. Uh, and see if we're on the same page. We have agreed on a lot of things, but maybe we'll disagree on a couple of things. <laughs> 
Get some get some screaming and yelling. Hopefully, Maybe. hopefully. Fist banging the fist on the oh, table. I'd love it. <laughs> All right, this has been on the chalk. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. So stick around for that.